So we can go play. This is a microphone on there. Okay. Let's see how it's done. Oh, better. busted and it was just squirting full speed ahead again like you had a garden hose 
and uh, and so the nursery is just toast. <laughs> and uh, the worst area is the men's restroom. Uh, it's really bad. The whole ceiling was you know fell and fallen in and all this stuff. And it came out of the sanctuary, uh, and, and uh, probably at least fifty to sixty percent of the sanctuary uh, covered in, in water. Um, and so, anyway, um, praise God. Uh, I was wanting to get these bathrooms remodeled for several years now, so I'm like, yeah. Uh, but uh, they, they've already had the uh, the guys out uh, getting the ball rolling. Uh, things are going really good um, with uh, the water removal and everything like that. And so we'll we'll be getting an assessment on what all needs done. I don't don't know if they're gonna have to do redo all the carpet or not because uh, they they really got on top of it quickly. Um, and definitely the bathrooms, uh, lots of electrical stuff uh, is going to be redone, and it's just a, it's going to be a pretty big project. Uh, so uh, you know, but hey, we are a family, and we are in this together, aren't we? Amen. Amen. And so uh, obviously tonight we are in here, and then Sun uh, at least this Sunday we will have to be in here also. Now I realize that it will be a tight fit Sunday. I do ask you, please come to church. Please don't say, you know, oh, it's going to be so crowded. Man, we need you to be with the family. We need your support. We need your encouragement. Please come on Sunday. I need you. We need you, okay? And, it, yeah, it's going to be It'll be pretty crowded, but that's okay. Uh, what we're going to do is we've got all the kids are in different areas. And so um, tonight the youth group is in the front area, uh, the, the outside front area of the main building where the little water fountain is. So they're good out there. They're having a good time. Uh, the nursery is in the back part of this building, okay? So they may get a little loud. That room is very loud. <laughs> and then um, the Jam Junior kids, the preschoolers, are over in the office building. And so they're having a good time over there. Uh, I know this much through all that. I'm like, we're very blessed that we have all these buildings and all this property because if we just have one building, you know, this could have been a much bigger type of a thing. But Praise God that we, we do have options that, you know, a lot of people would maybe not have. So anyway, um, so it, it's all going good. The ball is rolling. Um, I'm confident that, you know, the money will be handled through insurance. We're not nervous about that at all. We're very good there. My prayer, if you can hook up with us in faith, is that it will move quickly, all right? You know, I want this going quick. I want the contractors on it. I want it going fast. I do not want to be, hey, I'm already thinking about the Thanksgiving service, okay? And you are not going to ruin my Thanksgiving dinner with my church family. Amen. And the Christmas service. So we wanted to all go really, really quickly. Um, and so uh, this Sunday will definitely be in here. It looks right now like the next Sunday, though, the 14th of August, we should be able to be in the building in the main sanctuary part. Okay. Amen. So that's good news. Um, the kids' classes, the nursery is not going to be usable for a while. So they will probably be uh, in the back here for the next good while, I would say, and um, the, the preschool room, the Jam Junior room, actually, it wasn't touched at all, so uh, I don't know what the plan is there, but, uh, so, it, things will be a little bit different, but my prayer is that by the 14th, we will be having uh, the adults in the main sanctuary there, and again, what the devil meant for harm, God's going to turn around for good, we are coming ahead out of all this, we're going to get a lot of things done that, you know, we wanted to get done, and it's going to, uh, again, work out really, really well. So, uh, Pastor Katie and uh, has done an 
phenomenal job of just getting things handled over the last little bit. A lot of people came out and helped yesterday. She did want me to say, um, about over the next seven days, we do need some help. Everyone everyone keeps saying, hey, how can I help? So, and, and you know, usually I, I don't know what to say. I'm just like, well, praise God, pray, brother. <laughs> but, but she said we actually do need uh, help over the next uh, seven days. We're going to maybe need some guys to get together and take some stuff to the dump, maybe some different cleaning things. And so if you can help, all right? And, and again, she wanted me to tell you that we are a church family. We're in this together. We all need, we need your help, all right? Um, if you could text your name and your availability, you know, what day and times you're available, to the church number. We can get text messages on the church number, and that's 760-256-1312, or just Google it. Go online, right? So text, but you can text the church number, and we can get text on there. And uh, you, or you can email her. And, and, and you know, if you're like, uh, you know, if you're like, well, I've got 15 minutes on Thursday. Well, I appreciate that. That's probably not going to really be helpful. If you've got, uh, you know, a couple of hours that you could come and be some sort of a help, then that would be really, really cool. Just let us, you know, text your name and what time frame you're, you're talking about. And we'll see what we can do to all chip in. And over the next seven days, just get some stuff done that needs done. And we're going to get this handled. And we're going to be going bigger and better and more awesome than ever in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord some praise together. All right. Hallelujah. Well, um, so a few quick announcements. Um, we, this Sunday was supposed to be the Children's Church uh, promotion service and their back to school bash. We're not going to do that because uh, that's just, if all the kids are here, it's going to be too many people. So we'll just send them straight to their classes on Sunday. The plan is that very next Sunday, the 14th, they'll have their little party and uh, their promotions to their, uh, you know, to their next grade uh, type of thing. And uh, that'll be good. Uh, men, I'm not sure on men's meeting for Saturday yet. We'll send a text out or a, a you know, a Facebook post to let you know. I'm not quite sure what's going on yet if we're going to do it Saturday. But uh, we will keep you in the loop on that. And uh, pretty much I think that's most of what we got going on. Again, Sunday, please be here. We want to all uh, be in God's house together, amen, worshiping. And it'll, it'll be, a, you know, it may be a little bit of a tight fit, but we need to be together, amen. amen. All right, well, I'm going to have uh, Pastor come up and do uh, our Wednesday yeah. night tithes and offerings, amen. <laughs> then we're going to do uh, some worship together this evening, praise God. It feels pretty good here, though. It makes sense. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. I can live with that. <laughs> Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, Amen. We always grow. We always grow. No matter what's going on, we always grow. We always come out better no matter what we're doing. Anyway, if you need an envelope for your time, your office, raise up your hands and we'll be glad to serve you. And open your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5, verse Woo! 6. Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And, uh, anyway, we're going to be talking about love just very, very briefly on the offer just to Pastor Dave to get to the word with it. But uh, our devotional for the whole month of uh, July is on love. And then Pastor Dave been teaching on love on Sunday mornings a lot. But Galatians chapter 5, verse 6 says, For in Jesus Christ, how many is in Jesus Christ here? And Jesus is in you. Amen. It says, In Jesus Christ, neither circumcision of anything, nor uncircumcision, 
But that was thanks to the Old Testament talking to the Jewish people about that the, it was works on the outside of the flesh. He said, well, in Jesus Christ, said, this is new covenant. He said, that, that's not what matters. He said, in Jesus Christ, the number one thing that counts is faith. How many know that? Faith is number one. But what about faith? That works by love. That works by love. And in my Bible, I always write down the amplified part of that. It says that that is faith that's activated and energized and expressed and working through love. And, you know, I think about what Pastor Dave's talking about, you know, maybe you might have some crowded services together, might have some sweating together, and some people lined up, maybe God forbid, the bathrooms. <laughs> you know, the culinaries are kind of a little bit... Uh, restricted right now. But anyway, when that happens, just always remember this. How you treat Christians on Sunday is determine how your faith works on Wednesday or Thursday or Friday. And, you know, we want our faith to work in every area of life. We want our faith to work in our jobs. We want our faith to work for our families. We want our faith to work for protection. And I learned something a long time ago. I call protection the dots. I know that living for Jesus, we got divine protection. And I, I, I learned that sometimes when things start happening, I'm not getting answers. I've got to connect the dots on what, what's going on. And then when you stop and pray and look, a lot of times you look back and you can see you've got a pattern going to get a living like the world. And you've been setting up things called seed time and harvest. And Brother Hagin always said, and I agree with it, if my faith wasn't working and I knew that I was still reading my Bible right, quote the word, going to church, being a tither. Brother Hagin said, my faith wasn't working. The first thing I checked would be, how am I treating people? Am I holding on to grudges? Am I getting unforgiving? How am I treating people? And to me, what I've always noticed, especially for serious Christians, they don't treat strangers bad. They don't really treat people who witness too bad. It's their own families. <laughs> Bad. And so you go out all day long and be the best evangelist in the world to people at Walmart, people on your job, and people everywhere. If you come home and you treat your family meaner than a junkyard dog, then uh, you're going to be in trouble. Anyway, I just want to leave that with you tonight for we receive our offering. Do all, do all the good tithing verses. You do quote the tithing verses, quote the giving verses, but don't forget the love. Hang on to that love. And one thing about it, about the love of God, is that when you catch yourself, when you repent, he forgives you. You talk to him, he forgives you, and then you might have to make things right with somebody else. I'll tell you what, I'd rather take the time to ask somebody to forgive me for being stupid than to suffer through my parents not working for a season. All right, all right, let's stand up and make our financial faith confession.
and uh, and he was trapped. He was cornered, and his only way to escape where he was at, uh, he was in Gap, and his only way to escape out of this was he had to pretend like he was this crazy homeless guy or something. So he was drooling on his beard and pulling his hair and talking to himself, and and and, and so they're like, oh no, that, that's not uh, David of Israel. That's some crazy guy. So we'll just get him out of here. And he escaped, and he he writes Psalm 34 right after that. And I'm like, man, that's got to be a low point. This guy, as a teenager, was told and anointed that you are going to be the next king of Israel. And so he probably thought, how so many of our young people do today? You know, he probably saw the Instagram reels and the filters and like, oh, this is going to be just absolute royalty. This is going to be, I mean, I am going to have a good life. And next, he spends the next decade or two running for his life, pretending to be insane. And I mean, just, it was just, it was not glamorous at all. And for us, sometimes we've got a promise from God in our hearts. And, and maybe you had a vision from the Lord, a calling from God, an anointing. And, and it seems like, oh man, this is going to be great. And you got to know that sometimes you run for your life a little bit before, you know, you actually live in the palace. And that's what David was going on right there. But Psalm 34 covers a lot of things in, in this one chapter. And so I'm going to, for the sake of time tonight, I can cover two topics that it, it, uh, that it talks about. And, um, and so first thing that we're going to look at is verse 7. And these two topics that we're going to discuss, they, they may seem totally unrelated. And that's how it is sometimes when you just kind of go through a chapter like this. Um, but... Uh, it's really cool because we're going to be talking about angels for a minute, and that's not something that we really talk about that often at length, but I'm going to go a little bit in depth on the topic of angels uh, tonight for the first few minutes here, and uh, and I've got several verses that I'll probably just have to put on the screen, but, um, you know, flip to them you know, if you can, and we'll just try to, try to do this, but the first thing out of Psalm 34 that I'm going to tell you is this, angels are real. Okay, and I, you know, everyone's like, "Oh, yeah, I know that." Well, you you picture some chubby little baby on the cloud playing the harp in a diaper. Like, if that's your angel, I feel sorry for you. Okay, mine looks like Chuck Norris, and I know this, but no. And and I'm not talking about the younger Chuck Norris with you know the two rifles, and but uh, but you know, praise God. But you need to realize that there, and we could go much greater in depth than this, but there are different even levels and classes of angels that this scripture talks about. You've got archangels, you've got cherubs, you've got all this different stuff, but I know this much is that angels are mighty warriors, okay? And uh, the, the old, in the King James, you hear it often referred to uh, the, the Lord of hosts or the heavenly hosts. Right, even when uh, the angels appeared to the shepherds to tell them that the Messiah was born, uh, you know it says it was the heavenly host. Well, that really is the uh, the army of heaven is what that is, and we see that. And there is an angelic army, and you don't want to get on the back side of that because listen, it's a real thing. And so that's what I'm trying to get across to you is you know what everybody would agree yes, angels are real, but you need to actually. Know that yeah, they're real and they're mighty and and uh, and I'm going to show you several things about them, but they are fighting for you, all right. And so Psalm 34 verse 7. This is the starting point of it all. 
Psalm 34, verse 7. And, uh, man, another great verse that says, For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. And I have claimed that scripture and quoted that scripture and stood on that scripture many, many times. I've got a revelation in my heart that the angel of the Lord is real. He, he surrounds us and, and, and he's a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. And we're going to see this phrase several times tonight. Uh, uh, several promises from God that apply to those that fear him. Because there's a lot of people that they don't fear God. Well, well, what does that even mean? And again, we've taught on this at great length, but fearing God isn't terror. It's not being afraid of God. This Hebrew word, uh, it's, it's, it's the deepest reverence and respect that exists. That's what the fear of the Lord is. It's I respect and reverence God so much that I'm afraid of offending him. I'm afraid of disobeying him. I'm afraid of, of displeasing him, not because he's going to hurt me, because I love him so much, right? And when we love someone so much, it, you know, it, it's not really a good level of love if you only are, uh, you know, nice and respectful just because you're afraid they're going to hit you, right? That's not a healthy relationship. You know, I'm nice and loving to my wife because I love her so much, not because I'm, you know, a, a, afraid of something. I love her. And and so many people are like, yeah, you better obey God or he's going to get you. What kind of what are you serving, man? I, I want to obey God because I love him. I want to please him. I want to do everything I can for him. But it's not because I'm afraid that he's going to punish me. I just love him. All right? And so uh, I better just get the ball rolling here. So I'm going to tell you four things about angels uh, tonight as we look at this. All right? Letter A, letter A is angels keep watch over us. Angels, they are sent to keep watch a watch over us. And so Psalm 91, verse 11, hold your, you know, if you're going to flip all these verses with me, just hold your place in Psalm 24, because we'll keep going back over there. But Psalm 91 and verse 11, and uh, yes, everyone loves Psalm 91. Amen? Right? Amen. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Psalm 91 and verse 11, and it tells us this in the NLT, for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. He will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. Verse 12, it's on the screen, but it says they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on the stone or dash thy foot upon the stone. And so God's angels, they protect us. They've been ordered to do that. And we're very, very much talking to those that fear the Lord, or in Psalm 91, it's talking to those who have made the Lord their refuge and their shelter, if you look at the previous verses. And so, so many of these things, again, that we're going to talk about the promises. You, if you were to look at the previous verses, you would see that it's always, there's there's uh, there, there's some qualifications, so to speak, on a lot of the things that we're talking about tonight. But I know this much, that one day we're going to be amazed when we find out all the ways that angels have protected us over the years. I'm telling you that right now. You're, you're going to find out things in heaven that are going to absolutely shock you. That you had no idea happened in this life. So many people are like, I've never had any miraculous things. I've never seen any miraculous things. And then, man, God has probably spared you and protected you and blocked things from happening to you that you have no 
idea about. Yeah, and, 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 and you're thinking, I've, I've never seen anything miraculous. Listen, listen, you will find out someday, and I believe that God's going to show you the things that he blocked and shielded you from that never even happened to you, but the angels of God were there, according to Psalm 91, verse 11, to protect you from things, and they did such a good job at their job that you had no idea. It wasn't even a close call that they shielded you and protected you. B, letter B, is this, is that angels minister to and for us. Angels minister to and for us. Hebrews 1.14, Hebrews 1.14, Amen. And so I'm going to go kind of quick on this because I'm clearly going to run out of time. Hebrews 1.14 in the New King James. And uh, in fact, Hebrews chapter 1 has a lot to say about angels. Uh, I mean, most of the chapter is about that. But he, I, this is the, the last verse of the chapter here. But Hebrews 1.14, it comes down to this. Are they not all ministering spirits? The angels, they're ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation. And so the angels, they're ministering spirits, and they've got a job. They've got an assignment. They are sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation. Anyone here that you're going to inherit salvation? I'm going to heaven. I mean, I, you know, speak for yourself, but I am inheriting salvation, and I'm going to heaven. I am saved. I'm a child of God. And so the angels are ministering spirits sent forth. And, you know, one thing that I always think about, my mom taught me, is that when I've lost something, right, she's always like, (laughs) she's laughing. But ministering spirits, I send you forth in the name of Jesus to find that and bring it back to me. And and there's a lot of stories. And and you may think that that's crazy. Well, I think you're crazy, right? So, (laughs) what about that? Uh, but, But angels, they have an assignment. And, and it, I mean, if you're never sending them out to do something, I mean, come on, you know, take advantage of this. You've got uh, great, uh, great tools at your disposal as a Christian. Um, but I remember one time, a few years ago, probably 2016, 17, I lost my keys and couldn't find them for days. And then finally I was like, you know what? Angels, ministering spirits, I send you forth to bring my keys back to me in the name of Jesus. And so I'm driving down the road that I've been driving all week, you know, with, you know, with the other set of keys. And all of a sudden, I hear this clanging on the hood of my car. I was on uh, where the 15 and the 40 merge heading right over there. And I hear this. I look. My keys are on the hood of my car. And I'm like, what? I pull over to the side of the road. Like, where did those come from? And I guarantee you those were not there all week because I'd driven from Victorville everywhere else. Those things could have flown off anywhere. I pulled the car over and grabbed the keys off. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus, and thank you, angels. You know, my angel, you did a great job, brother. You just, you, amen, you nailed it. All right? Uh, letter C, all right? Let's keep moving here. Letter C, all right? Um, angels are not usually seen or recognized by people. Now, I'm going to tell you, show you some stories where they, where they have been. But most of the time, again, angels are not usually seen or recognized by people. And that's why, you know, you may be able to say, yeah, yeah, they're real, whatever. But, but they're very real. You just probably haven't seen one. Maybe you have, but most likely you have not. Now, I think about, I'm not turning there, but in 2 Kings chapter 6, I use this story all the time. Uh, but when Elijah was surrounded, right, him and his servant were surrounded by the armies of Aram. 
and uh, and they're, they're closing in, and Elijah's you know assistant is all scared, and what are we going to do? And Elijah's like, hey, calm down. There's more on our side than on their side, and the servant's like, two. 10,000. Uh, no, they're, they're, they were outnumbered. And Elijah says, God, would you open his eyes for just a minute and let him see what I'm seeing? And for a brief moment, his spiritual eyes are open. And he sees the whole mountains all around them. They're surrounded by the heavenly host, the armies of heaven with horses and chariots of fire. And, and, and he saw just a minute into the spiritual realm, and he saw angel warriors surrounding them. And so they didn't go away. They didn't change. They didn't cease to exist. They still exist. You just, more than likely, you haven't seen them. Um, Hebrews 13, 2. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you this, but I've asked my dad to share about a two to three minute story. Because uh, <laughs> I was thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> when you get a feature microphone, it's real hard. In his defense, it's real hard. But, but, uh, so, but he has seen an angel, and it's a really cool story. And I wanted, I wanted to share this uh, within about a two to three minute time frame. He was 13. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't pick this up. But Hebrews 13 and verse 2. Amen. And so it tells us this. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. What? For some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. Some, I mean, there is a great chance that in your life you have had an interaction with an angel and maybe didn't even realize it. And so the writer of Hebrews uh, tells the readers that, hey, make sure that you're hospitable. And especially this day, there's traveling preachers that would come through and, and the Christians were, they were, you know, John really told them in Second uh, John to be very hospitable to these traveling preachers. But, but he's like, hey, take care of these guys because a lot of people that have helped out these strangers have actually entertained angels and never even knew it. All right, so I'm going to let my dad come up and, uh, <laughs> and share this really cool story. Woo! I, just, I, just, I don't have any good angel stories of my own, so I'm like, hey, he's got a really good one. Woo, Pastor! Woo! I'll tell you this, Chuck Norris would be a midget. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the angel, I saw, I'll tell you about the circumstances just a minute. But as you were talking, talking about Chuck Norris, I said the closest thing I come to that, I used to have an Indianapolis Colts football player that visited our church a few times. And he come up to the altar to worship. I mean, I don't know what kind of a. I don't know if that's about football. Whatever he was, I wouldn't want to face him. Yeah, this guy would be up the altar worshiping God for everybody else. To be on his knees, I walked up behind him. This guy on his knees and his hands up, his hands were above my head. This football player was that big. Yeah, he's the biggest human being I think I ever saw. I glad he was saved and loved me. Anyway, long story short, back when I was a baby Christian back in the summer, early fall of 1980, my brother, I was single. My brother was going through a separation with his wife. I lived in a little uh, two-room, not two-bedroom, two-room apartment. Had two rooms and had a bedroom, and then everything else was another room, kitchen, couch, and everything else. And uh, we was up, the upstairs of this house, this old house. And have you ever seen the upstairs of houses, big bedrooms, and the walls come down to the ceilings like that? 
Well, my bed, my bed was like that, even up towards the ceiling there. And uh, he was sleeping on the couch in the other room, and I was laying in my bed there, and I'm just kind of those, one of those things, my eyes were closed, I wasn't asleep. But I wasn't awake, I kind of caught the twilight zone, you know, I was half in, half somewhere, and my, my eyes were closed, and my door was closed, and I saw, I saw, thought my brother walked through the closed door, walked in the room, and he stopped and was standing there looking at me, kind of bent over, and I thought, well, because he's taller than I am, but he was in the part of the ceiling where the ceiling was taller. So he was just kind of looking at me, and I said, John, what do you want? My eyes were closed. And by, then I realized I opened my eyes and there was a big, 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 big giant, all white, standing there. And they disappeared. Oh, wow. And I just immediately, man, I'm just a lava man. That, that, that's her. Don't get that off my top, I quoted mom. And so, and so anyway, the next day, the next day we went to church in the morning service and I was so full of I don't know, I was walking on cloud nine, I was full of the peace of God, I just, uh, you know, I just, I wasn't here, I just in a different world. And so with that night, I was going to church, and on the way there, I just kept thinking, I said, and we both said about the same time, anything as usual happened to you last night? And both, almost the same time. And so anyway, I said, what happened? And he said, well, he said, uh, we were baby Christians, and we do the name of Jesus, we taught, use the name of Jesus against demons. So we're on the second story, and he said, I started getting tormented by demons. I saw the demon, I said, Jesus' name! And he said, when I said that, he said an angel walked through the wall. And we're in the second floor. Walked through the wall where he was, and walked over like that. And ran the demon out through the other wall, left the house. And then said, turned around, walked over your door, and walked through your door. And I said, yeah, that's what happened to me. I saw, I saw him come in, and he just stood there, and he was gone. But that, 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 that angel, the peace that he brought from heaven lasted for two weeks. I was driving my truck there, lived it off the wreck of it, but for two weeks, it's like I wasn't on earth that just left something with me. It was so strong and so real. And I, 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 think, I think there's a good possibility, Pastor David teaches on the angels, but Jesus said that angels are signs you. It says the little one's angel always beholds the face of the Father. And so... I know those angels are signed as a personal angel, and I, I really think that's my personal angel that he's here right now. And I just, you know, I don't really don't think about it much now this many years ago, but I know that everywhere I go, that big guy's right there with me. And uh, he won't say Chuck Doris if you want to, but he's laughing at Chuck Doris. <laughs> Amen. All right, well, thank you, Jack. Amen. All right. So uh, let's uh, keep moving here. Uh, let's go to uh, Dean. All right. And it's this is that that there are guardian angels. And my dad just talked about that for a second there. But there are guardian angels. Now, you won't see the actual term or phrase guardian angel in the Bible. Uh, but scripture does seem to reference a personal angel. Uh, assigned at, at the very least to children, but I believe, you know, potentially to all of us. So I want you to look at Matthew 18 and verse 10. Matthew 18 and verse 10. Amen. All right. We having a pretty good time tonight. Yeah, it's a little different. Looking at some different stuff, but I like it. Matthew 18 and verse 10. 
And, you know, we, again, as we're going there, and, and it's so real that angels are real. They are fighting for us. And, and Daniel, there's an interesting story. I probably could have gone there tonight, too. But Daniel had prayed a prayer, and, and it seemed like there was a delay. Like, that it wasn't, you know, like, hey, what's going on? And finally, the, I think it's the angel, was it Gabriel, uh, um, appeared to him? Or maybe it was Michael. I should have really referenced this before trying to quote it. But, but he's like, you know, what's going on? He's like, hey, the minute that you prayed, God sent me with the answer. But I've been fighting, and the, you know, I've been, I've been in a spiritual warfare with, with the devil for the past few said however many days it had been uh, trying to get that answer to him. And sometimes, yeah, we need to realize that you've prayed and you're like, man, with God's silent, what, what's going on? Well, there could be any number of reasons why you, again, haven't uh, received yet. The most likely being that faith works by love. But again, that's Sunday morning's series, so let's not go there. But there is possible that uh, the, the angels have been dispatched to take care of this Thing that you prayed for, and quite possibly, man, there could be a fight going on that you don't even know about or see. And so anyway, that's just something interesting uh, to consider. Matthew 18 and verse 10. And so here's Jesus uh, speaking, and he says, uh, Beware that you don't look down on any of these little ones, for I tell you that in heaven, their angels, all right, so apparently they have uh, you know, a personal angel are always in the presence of my heavenly father. Very interesting. And I'm just going to, I'll put this on the screen. The message Bible words that this way. And it says, you realize, don't you, that their personal angels are constantly in touch with my father in heaven. Amen. And so it says, like, hey, it's real. Their angels, their personal angels are constantly in touch with my father in heaven. And so um, the topic of angel, again, this was a, just a very brief skim overview of this topic, but I think it's really neat that David wrote about it in Psalm 34. And I just believe that it's important that as Christians in our day and age that we realize that angels aren't fairy tales. It's not some <coughs> Peter Pan, you know, thing. it's a real deal. And uh, and it's something that we need to be thankful to God for, that they are real, that you exist. And I'm sure uh, we'll learn a lot more in heaven as we you know, see them and experience more things. Amen. All right. Well, let's get on to the second thing about Psalm 34 tonight. All right. And here's where you're going to think, like, why are you tying these two together? I'm not. I'm misreading it in order of what David said. So Psalm 34. Let's flip back over there. Psalm 34. Amen. Are we having a good time? Yeah. All right. For the sake of it, I'll read verse 8, but I'm really trying to get to verse 9. Verse 8 is a very famous verse. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in Him. Anybody take refuge in the Lord? Yes. Do you have joy? Yes. You should have joy. Yeah. Amen. There's joy for those who take refuge in Him. Now let's look at verse 9 and 10. Verses 9 and 10. And so the point that I'm trying to make here is that, first of all, we talked about angels. Angels are real. And then number two is God provides. And that's uh, what David's discussing in these next couple of verses. God provides. So Psalm 34, verse 9. Fear the Lord, you his godly people. For those who fear him will have all they need. Even strong young lions sometimes go hungry. But those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Oh, man. That is good news. 
for the uncertain times that we live in right now. Amen. That God is our provider. Now, again, we saw that this is for those who fear the Lord. And that's not being scared of God. Um, but there, there's two qualifications for being able to claim this. Because, again, everybody wants to claim, uh, you know, the promises of this verse that we'll have all we need. So what are the qualifications that David laid out there? The first one is fear and respect God, right? That's, that's who this is talking to. This isn't just talking to everybody. This is those who fear the Lord. And then also, uh, he said something interesting there, that uh, it's godly people. This is for godly people. And, uh, you know, let's just say, man, you, you can't live a wicked life and then claim God's provision and yeah. prosperity on you and, and you're out there living wicked and crazy and wild. That doesn't work that way. I remember um, in Tulsa uh, when Pastor Kate and I were in Bible college, we had a very interesting neighbor. Has anybody in here had a, an interesting neighbor? Amen. Amen. We had a straight Woo! up bad neighbor. I, I had a that. bad neighbor. And uh, she was a, she was a, oh wow, she was a, she was a trip. But she <laughs> Uh, it's all come back to me now how much I love this lady. But we would, uh, she was always knocking on the door asking for stuff and everything. And, and then, of course, she finds out we're Bible college students. And so she was super good at uh, playing the Christian card when it was time for that. And so, you know, she, she, was, she was so bad at, at bugging us and asking for stuff. We would go to school all morning. We'd get off and go work our telemarketing job until 10 o'clock at night. And I'm telling you, you don't leave a telemarketing job in a very good mood, all right? You've been yelled at and threatened for eight hours. And it, I mean, I hated that job, man. Amen. So, so we'd get home, and she would just be waiting for us to be there. So we would turn our lights off before we turned the corner coming up the block. We would park at the backside of the parking lot, close the door, and then tiptoe to our door, and then actually, you know, the door flies open. Hey, how y'all doing? And, and she was, and so sometimes you would literally hear her on her phone threatening and cussing, and I mean, just you know, my clean ears had never heard such words in my life. <laughs> and she's threatening, and, and I mean, just saying horrific things. I mean, terrible things. And then we'd walk in. Praise the Lord, hallelujah, brother Jehovah Jireh. And she'd start dancing and start, she, she literally started praying in tongues. And I'm pretty sure they were fake tongues. But anyway, so she's going, who's all Mahana, who's all Mahana, who's all And she's going, I'm, you're Honda, what? So, so anyway, but this, it was nuts. And I'm like, and then she compared God's provided and, 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 you know, could you take me to go buy me some cigarettes? I'm not, God's not using providing me to go buy your cigarettes for you. But anyway, what I'm saying is kind of a classic example of you're going to act like that and then believe God for his blessings to just rain down all over you. No, this verse is talking about those who fear God and it says you his godly people. Make no mistake about it. Not everybody who puts the Christian hat on is a godly person. Amen. Maybe that's not a popular thing to say, but anyway, Amen. it's, it's Amen. the truth of the matter. Amen? It's straight Amen. facts, alright? And so, oh man, I've got to get going here. We are running out of time. So, I want to tell you this, that God, we all know, clearly, undebatable, that God provides for our needs, for sure. We know this, Philippians 19, you know, right now. For my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Read Matthew 6. It talks all about it. And then it finally gets down to verse 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, 
and all these things shall be added unto you. Amen? And that was talking about a lot of different needs. But we also need to know, and a lot of people don't believe this, but it's the truth, that God also will provide for our wants and desires. All right? Amen. And, uh, and so let's look at Psalm 37, 4. Psalm 37, 4. But he will also provide for us as long as it's godly stuff. But listen, if you're a godly person, you're going to desire godly things, right? You know, I mean, I don't desire ungodly, wicked things on spending time with the Lord, right? And so uh, Psalm 37 and verse 4. And, and by the way, Psalm 37, is a, that's a fire chapter, too. You're going to love that. Here. That's a really, really good chapter. But Psalm 37 and verse 4, and it tells us this, it says, you know, uh, the King James says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. And the NLT says, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. That is a beautiful thing right there. And I can look at my life, and I know God has always provided for my needs. Always. There's been tough times, right? I mean, in, in school, oh my goodness, we ate ramen noodles and, and, and fake grilled cheese every day for a whole year. Yeah. And I don't know how I'm alive, but by the grace of God, amen? <laughs> now that fake cheese, oh, it's awful, this nasty stuff. What melt ever? I'm going to put it right in the fireplace and pull it right back out. It, it was that fake. You think I'm joking? I'm not joking. This stuff was, you know, thank you. It was just trash, but we ate it because we had no choice. And, uh, and so, but hey. We were fed, and I thank the Lord for that. But he's taking care of my needs, but I know this much that he's also given me the desires of my heart. And I'm a very blessed man. Oh, you're a millionaire? No, no, no. But God's given me the desires of my heart. We had this giant pool party the other night. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just at the end of it, you know, with all these, you know, yahoos from High Desert Works and they're out there partying in the city pool. I know I'm nuts. But I'm out there, I'm flowing on my back at the I'm just looking up at the sky, I'm like, thank you, Jesus. This is the desire of my heart, man. I've got a beautiful wife, four kids, and a most wonderful church in the entire world. I, I don't need anything else. That, that's my dream has come true in life. Literally, I, you know, live in the dream right now, and, and, I, and I love it, but God will give you the desires of your heart. And so I was going to share one story from a pastor named David Crank out of St. Louis, but he was sharing this really, really great story about when he was a kid, his dad was a, a preacher, and, and they were very, very poor. They lived in a, in a, like in a, in a RV. And, uh, and so he desired a bicycle. He wanted an orange bike with a banana seat and tassels on the handlebar. He's very specific. And so he tells his dad, and this is in the 70s, and, and his dad's like, well, tell the Lord what you want, and you know, give the Lord the details. And, and so one day his dad shows up with an old rusty green bike that he found out in a garage sale somewhere. And he's like, see, God provided. And, and you know, David Craig is like, Thanks, Dad. And, and in his mind, he's like, God, this is not what I told you. <laughs> and he's, he's been delighting himself in the Lord. And he's, and he's thankful. But he's like, this is, 
uh, this ain't it. <laughs> and so, you know, but he keeps standing on it and, you know, joyfully riding the rusted old beat-up green bike that his dad came across somewhere. And, and but he keeps saying, you know, Psalm 37, 4, you give me the desires of my heart if I delight myself in you. And so, you know, a little time goes by and he says, one day this guy calls him and uh, calls the family and to make a long story short, he tells it really, really good. It's like the best story of all time. But, but to make a long story short, this guy's like, man, you know, I, I'm moving. I'm just getting rid of everything. I've sold almost all of it. I've got a few things here. And, and uh, would you guys drive over here? I've got a bike that your son might be interested in. And you know, so they go over there, and the guy pulls out of the garage. It is an orange bike with a banana seat and tassels on the handlebars. And it was to the T. There's more details to this story, but it was exactly every detail what he told the Lord that he wanted. And so, you know what, man? It is absolutely true that when we delight ourselves, Lord, he will give us the desires of our heart. And, and you know, there's qualifications. Uh, what is it? Well, delight yourself in the Lord. There's <laughs> a lot of people like, man, the Word says we'll give you the desires of your heart. No. No. It says if you delight yourself in the Lord, then he'll give you the desires of your heart. Amen? And so, well, what does it mean to delight yourself in the Lord? Again, well... I would say that it means to absolutely love the Lord. Because when you love somebody, you delight in them. And Jesus, again, I'm just follow the steps here. Jesus said, if you love me, John 14, 15, you will obey my commands. And so I would just connect all those dots to say that if we're delighting ourselves in the Lord, it comes down to we love him and we're obeying him. And as we do that, yeah, you can expect your heart's desires because they're going to be godly things. They're not going to be vain, vanity things. They're going to be good, holy things. And I think that that's uh, just great. All right, two more verses, and we are out of here. We are, we're already in the overtime period here, all right? Psalm 34, 12 through 14, just because these, these really also discuss God being our provider. And then we're going to close out after this. Psalm 34, verses 12 through 14. Psalm 34, verses 12 through 14. Good stuff right here. He says, does anyone want to live a life that is long and prosperous? All right, show of hands. Who wants to live a life that is long and prosperous? Yeah. Like, I don't want to just live a long life if it's going to be bad. I'd rather just go to heaven. <laughs> but if I'm going to live a long, I do want to live a long life as long as it's prosperous and joyful and healthy and good. Like, I'm all over that. Yeah, I, in that case, I do want to live a long time. But and so if you do want to live a life that's long and prosperous, here's what you got to do. Verse 13, then keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Amen. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Are you a little liar? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a little liar, now don't be sitting there claiming, you know, oh, long, prosperous life. No, that doesn't work for you because you're, you know, you're a little liar. But uh, and, and, and do, your ifs, do your lips speak evil? Again, you know. I'm just telling you, keep your lips from speaking evil and your tongue from telling lies. Verse 14, turn away from evil and what? Do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. Search for peace and work to maintain it. Well, what's that have to do with the name? Well, that's what you got to if you want to live a life that is long and prosperous. You, you keep your tongue from speaking, your lips are speaking evil, your tongue from telling lies. You search for peace and work to maintain it. And um, man, I just know this much that Jesus said perfectly, Matthew 5, 9, 
Blessed are the peacemakers. I love peacemakers. Whenever my kids are not being peacemakers, I mean, I know I'm probably one of them. Occasionally, my kids are not being peacemakers. You know, they're, you know, fighting or something silly. But I'm like, kids, blessed are the peacemakers. Do you want to be blessed? Or do you want to be blessed? <laughs> Scratch that from the internet, I did not say Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Amen? And so, be a peacemaker. You're going to be blessed. God's going to provide for you. You'll have a long and prosperous life. Amen? All right, we are out of time. Let's go ahead and call it quits for this evening. Praise the Lord. Have we had a good time together? Yeah. All right, let's stand up if we could. Amen. And uh, again, we're going to be in here on Sunday uh, doing this all over again. Uh, and I don't know if you were in here for the beginning of the service, but we gave a pretty good uh, explanation of why we're in a small building here. And so if you didn't catch all that, well, you know, ask somebody. <laughs> I don't even repeat it. Um, but we're going to be in here again on Sunday morning. And uh, we're aware that it is going to be a pretty tight fit with the size of the Sunday morning crowds, especially that we've been having. But I want everybody to be here. Do me that favor. Don't Amen. say, oh, it's going to be crowded. It's going to be, can you please, I want us to come together as a family right now as we're uh, getting through, you know, the next little bit with getting the building uh, remodeled and stuff. So let's be together on Sunday. Amen. Let's be in the house. All right, well, um, let's go ahead, and I'm just going to have us raise our hands together tonight as we close out in prayer. Uh, if you do need prayer for you know something, you can come see one of us afterwards, and we can pull lay hands on you and pray over you. But um, let's go ahead, and let's just give the Lord some, some praise tonight. Father, we love you, and we declare that you are good, and we know that uh, through it all, man, that no weapon formed against us can ever prosper. And we know that even though we may be uh, facing, you know, just a little bit of stuff right now, we know it's going to all turn out for our good because it always does because we always triumph in Christ Jesus. And so, Lord, I pray that as we leave here tonight, Lord, that every family in here is blessed. I bind the devil from messing with these families right now. I Satan from, from, from trying to, to, to mess with these marriages, with thank these children, you, these finances, the health of yes, these people. And we thank yes. you, Lord, that we are safe and we are protected. And we just saw that yes. the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. And so, Lord, we fear you and we know that you are surrounding and protecting us everywhere we go. Use us in this season to be the light of the world everywhere that we are. We love you and we praise you and we thank you that our building, Lord, there's going to be no uh, setbacks. There's going to be no slowdowns, no blockages to the process. I thank you that insurance and everything else is very quickly moving forward and we're getting the place fixed up better than ever. And thank you for those new bathrooms, God. Thank you. No more, no more cabinets from 1993, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. We love you. And uh, just praise you, Father. It's going to be a great, great week for your glory. In Jesus' name. Can somebody say amen? Amen. All right.
Well, let's go ahead and we'll speak some words of faith over Barstow tonight. And you can be dismissed. And again, be here Sunday because it's going to be a really, really fun, fun time. All right, let's say this. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. We'll see you Sunday morning, everybody. Sunday morning,